Welcome to the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. This is a show where we talk about theology and all things Bible in a fun format. We are Josh and Heather Tice. We minister to and lead Southern Hills Church in Las Vegas. We love each other, love theology, and love to talk. We're so glad you joined us today. You can find this and previous episodes on our iTunes podcast. Just look up the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather or on the radio at KBXL 101.1 Experience Liberty. So we always start with a little fun. Heather, do you have something fun for us? Absolutely, I do. Let's do it. Okay, so this is episode number 42. These kids are driving me crazy. Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So do your children drive you crazy, Heather? No, not my children. No. I don't understand what people are talking about, (laughs) like at all. Okay, so it's something that every parent experiences. We're all there. We all get it. But before we actually get into the content, what is that fun bit of moment that we have for this episode? Well, I thought we would use a parent-child question for this one. Okay. So in what ways are my children totally unlike me? You would answer that for yourself. So okay. how are your children different from you? What is one aspect? I'll go with my, I'll go with the kids first. You want me to, you want me to do it first? Or You're you only go supposed first? to tell how they're different. One attribute you had that your kids don't have. Okay. Well, one, kind of thing, the goal of it. one thing, uh, Jonathan loves sports, and mm. I, I'm not a sports guy necessarily. So that's how we are different. Savannah is genuinely kind. Oh, you're going with each child. I'm just grouping yeah. all mine together. Oh, yeah. You Je- can do that. Continue on. I am I am naturally um, not kind. Um, I no. have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has to be a work of God in me or through me. Um, but in my flesh, I am not. She she just really is nice. She's like my sister, Faith. And then Scarlett, how is she not like me? She's probably the one that's most personality-wise like yeah. me. Um, but how is she not She like loves me? dress up in costumes. I don't know that you were ever that into costumes. No, 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 that's a good point. So I'm I'm not a costume guy. Yeah. And drama. Okay. Were you into drama? Yeah, and yeah, plays drama when you of were course. Younger? Yeah, I, I love doing really? that. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize that about you. Several of them. Yeah. I was the third wise man. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big role. Don't well, mess that one up. The crown fell off when I came out. It was <laughs> with Fred and Buddy and my crown fell off of my head because what happened was the curtain hit my crown as I went underneath mm-hmm. and Grandma Craven was so uh, so patient with me but it fell off and I walked out and then I had to go back and get my crown it was really embarrassing I and was I gonna think ask how you dealt with it you went back and got it I think it affected I think it affected the casting for the next year I was going for Joseph and um, <laughs> I, I didn't get it so I think it w- I blame the yeah. crown yeah what about I've you I've been a wise man by the way yeah you know um, there was a year when I was like 12 I was a wise man I was weird well, I, we called <laughs> too them many girls in the church. Not enough boys. <laughs> we had little drawn-on mustaches. Me and my friends. Uh, wow, that's kind of uh, interesting. So you were cross-dresser in a Christmas pageant. <laughs> wow, what a way to twist that! No, I'm from yeah. Las Vegas. I'm just trying to interpret it in my own yeah. mind. Yeah, okay. No, we Got were it. more Shakespearean. Oh, you yeah. Know how they would play. The men would play the yeah. women because the women. We just reverse that. They did. They, they, yeah. What was that? Was the they, they didn't Shakespeare? Did they not ex- ex- think that women could play roles or you something? Know, I don't know why that is. Uh, the gentler sex is unable to yeah. do this. I don't, know. I don't know. That's a good question. It is weird. Yeah, back in Shakespearean days, the men you played the women's parts. That's super weird. Okay, how yeah. are our children not like you? Well, I just came up with one way, oh, and this okay. is something I've noticed overall, is I was far more imaginative 
and mm. like playing on my own. Do you think that has to do with the way the world is right now? I think it's two things. I think one, I grew up in the country without, well, maybe three things. Country, no siblings, and less technology. Okay, so yeah, So I think definitely. all of that, but I think also my yeah. personality is probably four. So four factors that intensify that. But Jonathan is very imaginative. If we can get him away from technology, Jonathan is the kid that takes his stick and goes out into the woods. Well, the and girls play spies and stuff. I'm not yeah. saying they're not imaginative, but I'm telling you. You are more. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was content all day just playing. I played so many different games. These kids today. Yeah. These kids today, they These don't know how today. they they don't know how good they have it. I mean, in comparison, I don't know. Do you really think it's better with all the technology? I think there was something sweet and special about they, the days before technology. These kids today, they I have it worse sad than for we the do. Kids today, yeah, there these it is. kids, they <laughs> they they, they don't. really do. They don't know what it's like to have a quiet, peaceful evening with no phone beeping at you. And I'm with you. I yeah. totally agree. I really do think it's kind of sad. I don't know. I these kids are driving me crazy. <laughs> What a transition, because that's what our subject is today. Thank you, thank you. Uh, You're yeah, a the, master podcaster. Look, we've had we've had questions uh, about child raising. We did an episode back on episode number. Do you know, remember what episode? I don't have a friend. It was like episode number like twelve or twenty four. It was one of the best episodes, though. It was called the Seasons of Parenting. Yeah, you can actually go back and listen to it. We talked about what it means to parent in different seasons of life. It was actually episode twenty four. And and uh, but we haven't had an episode about parenting since then. And parenting is a huge aspect of our life and the Bible mm -hmm. speaks to it. So we thought we'd answer some of these questions. Yeah. So this one is probably the one that makes me most nervous. OK, because I feel like we're still so in the midst of it. Yeah. So let us be careful lest our words condemn us <laughs> today. Uh, that's a good point. I think we're OK because I think we both kind of know where the heart of this is going. So. All right, let's let's have our audience hear the question. The question number one is what? How can I guarantee that my children will follow God? What is the formula? Okay, great, great question. And the answer is um, you can't. You mm. Number one, you can't guarantee. Wait, wait, wait. Pastor Josh, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. He will not depart from it. And it's true. And this, this, is, this proverb is, is absolutely. I'm glad you said the Bible was true true i'm glad you verified <laughs> that on the bible talks <laughs> uh, but one of the things that we understand about proverbs are proverbs are proverbs they're not promises uh, mm -hmm. that is um in the vast majority of cases this will be true for the bible for example the proverbs say the the ringing of a nose will bring blood okay <laughs> that's a proverb which is one of my favorite proverbs does that ringing mean punching or picking uh it depends on what version you're using <laughs> <laughs> um but here's the idea proverbially or most of the time that yeah. that that happens if you punch somebody in the nose it, blood will come out does it happen every time no matter what no that would mm -hmm. be a promise so um yeah, a quiet in, answer yeah well you know when, oh a i forgot the verse a what quiet answer will turn away wrath. turn away that's yeah. the word turn and away most wrath. of the time that's true see i remember this helped me so much with understanding proverbs when you taught me this yeah. because i remember when my children our children i don't have children of my own they are ours um, our children were younger. I would always hear that concept. These are the children you had with you, your first husband. Yeah, no, you. Yes, I am my your first husband. husband. <laughs> yes, not my second one. No, not yet. Only my first. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I was very concerned, and of course, searching for what do I do? What do I do? Right. And I remember hearing one particular preacher who I love say that this is a promise and a guarantee, and if the children turn out wrong, you missed an area in their life. Yeah, yeah. Whew, what a lot of pressure that was. Yeah. 
And then I heard the opposite side that there's still free will of man and that Adam and Eve were, you know, children of God. They had the perfect climate, perfect father, and still walked away from God because their hearts were let stray. So a lot of times we so get So when that you qu- explain the Proverbs, yeah. that really helped me understand, okay, this is a most of the time. Yeah, and, and we don't want to take away from that. So what is most of the time? I don't know. I'm not going to put percentage on it. 95% of the time. 76.4. Oh, is that what it is? 70? Yes. Okay, so it's 74, 76.4% of the time uh, Proverbs are, are, are reality. But there are the exceptions. So when people say, how can I guarantee that my child will follow God? Um, the answer is you can't. When they ask, yeah. what is the formula? That's a better question. Mm-hmm. It's a better question to say, what can I do to increase the odds that my children will know Christ. And and I do think that there are some things mm-hmm. that you can do in their life to increase the opportunity they have to get to know the Lord. Um, but the primary answer to Is this question would God's be God's grace. God's grace. And I think that's key. I've heard your dad say that so many times. I think I heard him say it well before I understood it. Yes. Anytime people would ask about parenting, he'd say this. And it kind of just seemed like kind of a humble, I thought maybe a humble thing to say, like, well, we did really good with the kids, but it was God's grace, you know. But now I realize, as yeah. a parent, he He's was right. just telling the honest truth. Yeah. Is that so many times in parenting, you say, I don't know what to do with this child. I don't understand this problem. And Lord, I can't fix it. I'm not consistent enough. I don't have all this in me. And you just realize, Lord, just you got to step in. Yeah. God, please protect them. Yeah. you got to have their God's grace in their life. In yeah, your life. there there's so many times I can remember my parents just on their knees praying and saying, God, you've got to do something here where we cannot do it. Um, there is a lot of humility that comes with that lack of pride mm-hmm. that says, uh, God, a lot your of honesty, grace realizing how broken and is the know, only way these, we are. These only the only way these children are going to have any shot mm. is God's grace. Mm-hmm. But are there practically things that we can do? Well, one thing would be obvious, right? If you say you can't lead a uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, right? And but that you can feed him salt and make him thirsty. There it I is. I just heard that somewhere. I, <laughs> I think I really that? like that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I just wrote it down. It was in um oh, it was in a John Maxwell book on well, communication. How, and how can, what can you do when it comes to children in that regard? The same thing. Yeah, I'm thinking through because I was thinking about it from the speaking. Well, people <laughs> like now I got to think about it from parenting. Well, in a parenting way, um, people say, "Well, you can't force your children to believe in God, but what yes. you can do is you can lead them to you a place that talks." Thirsty. Well, you you can lead them to a place that talks about God quite a bit. Um, and so here's what a place would that be, Pastor Josh? <laughs> well, church, come to <laughs> Southern Hills. Um, no, it's true. You can if somebody says, "Well, they're going to choose whatever mm-hmm. they want to, so it doesn't matter." Well, well, you yeah. never bring them around the Lord. Um, you never bring them around the people of God and the church of God and yeah. Bible studies and a one and these kind of things. Well, clearly they're not going to choose that which they do not know is an option. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can increase that opportunity. Yeah. And I'm going to say something here that's a bit controversial in today's um, even Christian world. Um, I strongly believe in children's ministry. Okay. And there's a big movement out there. And then sometimes it's cultural of yes. let's keep our children with us in church. Listen, I did that first season because I needed to train Jonathan to sit still because we were making visits, going to funerals, all this stuff in the early days of ministry that he had to learn to sit in services. So I would use Sunday nights sometimes to do that. But do you know why I didn't do that with all of our children? Is because ultimately I wanted them over and over and over exposed to the truth from different voices that was presented on their level. Yeah. And so if you've got a church that has a children's ministry, I know it is not perfect. And I know there's going to be this, some things that you're like, well, I don't think that's great and whatever. But I think putting that that opportunity before our children, yeah. 
I mean, as a wise parent, I'm like, hey, go check this out. Check this out. Listen to this. I am all the time looking for ways to yeah, whet I my would, children's appetite I would, for the Word of God. I would far rather put my eight-year-old son, um, uh, rather than put them in under my preaching on Sunday morning that has been written and geared toward the adult who mm-hmm. is living in the room, than to put them, I would much rather put them in a classroom with a woman who has been spending all week or a few days of the week mm-hmm. preparing a Bible study to teach them the story of Jesus at their level. Yeah. Far greater opportunity. And I think sometimes as Baptists, we don't understand the importance of that. Oh, yeah. And it's not just for children. We've talked about this recently as parents of teenagers. Yeah. Um, I never I never thought that the temptation would come to me as a parent to say, oh, yeah, you don't have to go to that thing. Now, we always said youth group was mandatory because we know they're teaching the Word of God. But teens need so much more than youth group. They need to connect with other Christian teenagers. They need to connect with their youth pastor. A lot more happens even at youth activities, which yeah. are just fun events. Well, what's the big deal if they don't go roller skating? Um, they don't like roller skating. And you really helped me with that. No, it's so many opportunities because they need that accountability. They need that fellowship. The reason right. they can be open with these other Christian teenagers and share in that small group or that they can receive that word from the youth pastors that they're building those relationships it's also valuable spiritual training to say, listen, you're a leader here, and we make the point to be involved. We make the point to connect. And then to teach them, I know with one of our children, I said, you know what? I'm going to pray that God allows you to be a blessing to somebody, to show them not self-focus, but others-focus. Yeah. It's amazing how God gives us all these opportunities, and sometimes we just say, oh, that's not, that's not a big deal. The best part, I think, of scriptural parenting is that we should always be putting the Bible before their eyes. Yeah. You know, the verses that talk about put it on your doorpost fell over. Yes. I think it's not just in the home, but it's continually as they head to that thing, sending them in the direction where they're seeing and hearing God's truth. Yeah. I, w- I would say the last aspect to this question from my point of view would be modeling the Christian mm. life in front of them. Yeah. So sometimes people think, okay, okay, I'm going to, um, I'm going to make my children turn out right. I, we've we've come across Christians that will yeah. walk with God for a solid 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we say walk with God, we're talking about they're going to church and they're be reading their religious. Bible. They're going to be very religious. Mm-hmm. And the reason they're going to be very religious is because they have this goal. And the goal is my kids need to turn out right. But mm-hmm. you can you can tell whether or not they had a true walk with God. Mm-hmm. Or really they would be in religious by the moment that their children are out of the home or raised. Yeah. Because the moment they're out of the home or raised, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Why? Because their goal was to find a formula to make my children turn out right, to avoid yeah. the problems I've been in. And really, none of those things are going to help you. You say, I was in youth group. I had them in Christian school. I was in church. Yeah, but the number yeah. one thing you can do is model a true Christian walk in mm-hmm. front of them. If your if you're Christian walk is yeah. not real they will see it and if your christian walk is not genuine and vulnerable and open and real um they're going to they're going to see it for what it is and they will end up walking away from god that's so good i think that's the thing that will make people hunger the most for the lord is seeing grace active in our lives yeah and so what you just said is so key the thing that's going to help my children most is when i am real and vulnerable with them and just not putting on a show but just living out my Christian life, those little glimpses they will get to see into what God is doing, those conversations that we have, that's what's going to make them say, I want what mom had. I want what dad had. So I do have one more thing here that I think is highly important for getting children to follow God. Okay, go for it. I think prayer. Yeah. I am convinced that goes back to the idea of grace. 
is, um, and I'll tell you this, this is one of the things when I realized this, when the Lord like pulled back the veil, that prayer is the battle. That is the most important thing I can do with my entire day. That's when it became easy to get up in the morning. Yeah. That's when I became, I have to do this because I cannot send my children out defenseless yeah. and undefended and protected into this world. This last the year has been, after this last year has been so fascinating to watch because this has been something, uh, I would say what, the last three or four months that has been like maybe the I last would say six with months? prayer, God has been for years. I can tell you landmarks in yeah. each year where God taught me something new about prayer well, and intensified it's, over it's the last, to last watch, year. It's amazing to watch the process of sanctification play out in your life as your growth in this area has, has far surpassed past even mine or others mm -hmm. that I've seen and just becoming a powerful person of prayer and I think mm -hmm. I think you're right parenting and prayer have to go together yeah. and it, you know what I never dreamed that I would be this consistent and this determined in prayer and it's changed oh so much in my life and my best recommendation you say well how do you get to that point how do you see that it's a battle study Ephesians study Ephesians and I think it will show you um, among other passages, it will show you, the book of Ephesians will show you that there is a war going on and that the strongest weapon we have truly, the battle truly is fought on our knees. So praying for our children, that is the biggest thing for me. I'm praying that God protects them when I can't be there, that God keeps them pure, that God keeps them from wicked people. Um, so many things, and we've talked about that some in other podcasts, but I think that's key. All right, so that covers <laughs> one question. Let's jump <laughs> into the next one. I'm going to jump to question number three here. Okay. I like this one. How can I help my son care about life goals? How can I help my son care about Ooh. life goals? Well, this is, a, this is not an easy one. Our son no. is currently 15 years old, and um, uh, Heather and I being very, both of us, very— uh, um, aggressive driven. people, driven people, uh, goal-oriented people. We were looking at Jonathan at 12 and 13 years mm -hmm. old saying, why don't you have a plan for your life? Yeah. <laughs> like, where's your checklist for today? And by the way, can I just say this? If you are a parent of a boy between the ages of anywhere between 11 to 15, you're probably really feeling this question. Yeah. And I want you to know you're not alone. I can't tell you how many friends and other people we've talked to with sons that age. And they're just like, they don't care about anything. <laughs> <laughs> they leave everything. They leave their lunch. They leave this. They, they like basketball, but they won't practice. They're, you know, it seems like there's sometimes no drive or no pursuit, especially with the male gender. Yeah. And that age range. So I would say the primary thing is conversation. As long as the open communication between you and your son is going well, that is primary. I think if you are a single mom, I think it's important for you to have that conversation with them. Don't think that you can't. I think if you're a single mom and you could help him develop a relationship with a man that you trust, that could be uh, kind of kind of be a father figure, um, and tell him, be honest with that man and say, hey, here are some things that he needs to talk about. That's great. If you're a dad with a boy, these are the things I do. I set up man dates, mm -hmm. times where I can go away with my son. And my son's already recently been asking me this last month, when are we going to go out? When are we going to go mm -hmm. out? We got a gift card to a specific steakhouse he likes. When are we going to go to Texas Day Brazil? When are we going to use that card? And I think it's because he wants to eat meat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I also think it's yeah. because he really likes that one-on-one -on -one conversation. So the key yeah. is communication and conversation. It's been amazing to see the transition in my relationship with Jonathan over the last year. He definitely has stepped more towards manhood and towards you. Yeah. Oh, he loves and adores me. He, yeah. I, am, I am becoming not mama that he looked up to. I'm becoming mama that he puts his arm around her shoulders right. and just protects her and values her. And we chat. But when he wants to have serious conversations, I've noticed yeah. he is really drawn to you. And I've also noticed our girls starting to draw to me in that same way, which is just 
um, brings tears to my eyes because it's such a neat thing to just watch children grow up. Um, with this, I would add, when it comes to the son and this crazy season of junior high and he doesn't seem to have his brain working at all, <laughs> um, I would say choose your battles. Yeah. Um, that's important because, listen, they are going to be forgetting everything, having drive in nothing. So you really have to, I think, be wise and pray about, okay, what's the most important thing we need to learn during this season? Where do we put our focus? Yeah. And we've had many conversations as a parent because it's not just me raising him, not just you. In our case, we both parents here in the picture, we've come together and we talked about certain things. We prayed about it. And then we would have open conversations with him. This is what we want you to focus on. Yeah. We would try to speak encouragement. When he did well, we would say, we noticed you've done better in this. Yeah, and then we wouldn't have any problem with speaking negativity. So mm -hmm. whenever he... Um, uh, when, when maybe grades aren't where they're supposed to be, to be able to sit down with them and say, hey, look, you need to understand this is what your grades are. And number one, we point to the future. This means in the future, you will not be able to go to this school, college. You won't be able to do this thing. You won't be able to go pursue this field. You need to have real, genuine, honest conversation with them. And, and I get this from the book of Proverbs where Solomon is constantly being honest mm -hmm. with his son about the world. The world itself yeah. is a tough place, pal. And you need to understand, my son, that if you're going to uh, do this and this and this, then this mm -hmm. is what's going to happen. So those are real-world conversations that I have to have with him constantly. And uh, not and only— Yeah, using parables. I'm sorry, I have to jump in because yeah. you mentioned Solomon. And that was something we found helpful is when we could use real-life parables. And maybe it's not a parable because it was actually a person. So yeah. I guess a parable Look at what happened right to word. this person. And not in a critical or condemning way, but sometimes right. God would bring an example of someone who was not diligent. Right. And who lost their job that was close to his age. Right. And we would say, look at what happened to so-and-so. Do you understand why this happened? And that was really, I remember when we'd have those conversations, there you could see the lights, you know, clicking yeah. in his mind. You could see behind his My eyes. My actions have consequences. That. Yeah. So use us not in a critical way and explain to him, we love that person, but you need to know this is the path. So like we, not, Solomon says. we not only talk about potential future problems based on lack of focus, we also talk about mm -hmm. immediate consequences. Yeah. So, for example, in our home, uh, Monday through Thursday, when Jonathan or Savannah come home and they don't have a B average, because that's what we expect in our home, they don't have a B average or above, there's no television, there's no video games, there's nothing. It's, it's uh, we get home late every day, 5.30, 6 o'clock is early for us. Uh, after school because of all after school activities the answer is we have dinner and there's nothing but study and uh, in your room and that kind of stuff until you have a b average that sounds like we're a terribly boring mm -hmm. family but i think you know better than that the answer is there are immediate consequences to not living up to high standards um and there are eventual future problems that are uh, we talk about the eventual future problems of your life if you're not going to mm -hmm. Uh, work hard and focus on on goals and the last thing with this is you've got to be balanced as parents if you are very driven josh and i've talked about this a lot um you really have to seek the lord's help with this but we have to say okay sometimes we have to calm each other down yeah because we start to get very intense and like our children are going to be on the street they will be <laughs> homeless and in need because yeah. of all the and we're like wait a minute no Maybe this is just something, you know, th this is just a very strict rule that the, is in place over them, and we just need to relax a little. Right. Sometimes we just freak out, and then we realize, you know what? The kids are going to be all right. Yeah. That's kind of a saying in our home, and we laugh and look at each other, and we say, you know what? It's amazing the kind of silliness that we've lived through and others. We have to train them, but then we also have to recognize children and children. The book recommendation I give for this is Your Teenager is Not Crazy by the Clarks. This really helped us during the junior high phase. Boys and girls have a brain remodel going on. So it really helped encourage me to know I wasn't alone. And also that 
everything that we are working towards is having an effect because their brain is restructuring and it'll make a lasting impact. This next question has quite a bit to do with the last one. I like it. It's about the daughters. She, uh, this individual says, my daughter really struggles with her self-image. Mm. How can I raise my <laughs> child in this modern society that really focuses so much on a woman's appearance? Okay, and I got to say this. What a privilege and what an opportunity to be able to have daughters that you can help them get this taken care of in a young right. age. Because I'm going to tell you, this is the truth. Every woman, I don't care if she had a perfect Christian home and upbringing, great family and parents who built her up, or if she was like literally kicked out on the street, every woman has to learn to find her identity in Christ. And so I look at it as a privilege that God has given me two daughters, two young hearts of women. Oh, and I'm going to start bawling here. Don't tear up. I don't. I I can tear up. They can't see my tearing up. I just got to keep the voice under control. (laughs) Be strong. Be strong woman. (laughs) But I think about it. I think what a privilege that I'm going to get to help them discover this truth and do studies with them in God's word well before the years I learned it, which I think the year I really learned this lesson um, as a good Christian girl was not until like I was 28. Yeah. And I, I want my daughters to know this and have the security. There's such freedom and beauty in being secure in God's love. Yeah. Um, so um, the way I'm doing this, so let's talk about how do you do that? You do that, I think, by discipling your daughters. Very serious about this. I think mentoring, you find mentoring relationships throughout Scripture. You look at Elizabeth and Mary. It's a great example of one. Um, you've got Ruth and Naomi. That was not as good an example, but still Ruth was kind of pouring into Naomi in that sure, way. Yeah. But um, I think mentoring, pouring into them, discipling them, teaching them the truth. Here's the thing. You can say all day to your daughter, but you are beautiful, honey. You are so talented. It doesn't matter what they say. And you know what? It doesn't matter what you say either, mama, because you could just be lying to her because you're her mama. But here's what matters. The one who cannot lie. The one who speaks truth and does not change. There's no variableness, no shadow of turning with him, James says. He is the one that we go to. For our truth. And so teaching our daughters this um, from the earliest age, and how do you do that? It's by giving the word. I have just started. Um, I've done Great Dates by uh, Dana Gresh. It's a great one to eight great dates for moms and daughters. There's a study that focuses on femininity and modesty and the concept of identity a little bit. There's ones with friends and another one with boys. So you could look at any of those depending on what you're wanting to disciple in. Um, there is a great resource. I just gave it to my daughter this morning, actually. Um it is one of my favorite books on this topic, which you should read if you're a woman. It's by Beth Moore. It's called So Long Insecurity, You've Been a Bad Friend. Another great one is by Furtick, Crash the Chatterbox. But the Beth Moore one has been made into a teenage resource. And I love it. It's a book. But do you know what it looks like? It looks like a magazine. Oh, that's awesome. So it's got these truths laid out. In fact, Savannah at this point is not always a great reader. Um, she has been developing her walk with God, but something like this, it's an easy read inviting format that can get the truth in her heart that we can discuss together. Especially at the age of 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's going to love that. Yeah. yeah. So that we can discuss that truth together. So I think spending those moments doing those studies, um, another great resource, and this one is a parable, which I think is so good, is a resource by Max Licato. It's one of my favorite stories. It exemplifies what it means to be secure in Christ and Punchinello. not... Punchinello. It's the story of the Wemmicks yes. by Max Licato, and it talks about not being... It talks about dealing with basically criticism or bad things put on you or good things where people are, you're amazing, you're good at this. And when you are secure in Christ, none of it sticks to it's you. It's a children's none of it book called You Are Special. Oh, and it's so such good. a good book. I've used it at, 
on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and told the story on a Sunday morning in my biblically yeah. rich sermons. <laughs> that is something that you could put before your children, even at your daughters at a young age, what? that they won't understand it when they're younger. But if they know the they story, will, it yeah. will sink into them even later and later. Now, you've been talking about things that you should do. And I think all the things that you should do can be also be applied to a single dad in mm. the room, as I mentioned a moment ago. But there are things that fathers... Um, can do, but let me talk with fathers about something you can avoid mm. um, to make sure that there is a security and focus on uh, proper self-image, and that is you need to avoid um, avoid looking at women who you would not want your daughter to become. Mm. Uh, what do I mean by that? If your daughter, imagine your daughter um, happening to see you checking out a woman Oh, wow. Uh, in a grocery store who yeah. just came in from the gym or, or something, and maybe she's just not properly attired in such a way that, mm. uh, and you're like, whoa, and you check that out. And then your daughter happens to uh, catch a glimpse of you catching a glimpse. What is that telling her? Regardless of what mm. her mother or her Sunday school teachers or her mentors have yeah. told her for years, that's what a man wants. Mm. Now, I've been highly aware of this, and uh, I've noticed this. I've noticed that you can't just—I I think this. I don't think you can just decide around certain people, I'm going to keep my eyes yeah. away from bad things. I think you develop a pattern, and if your pattern is constantly checking out women, whether that be on media or even on television mm -hmm. or, uh, or, or, um, or in social media or whatever it might be or— uh, or in public, look, your daughters are going to come across that. Often the anecdote is made of a, of a young man finding his father's magazines. Mm. Imagine it's not your son who finds your, the father's mag magazines. Imagine it's the daughter. Yeah. Imagine a daughter coming across your search history. And what is that telling her? No matter what she's been taught, this, the number one man in my life, this is what men value. And mm. therefore, to have a proper self-image, I need to be that. And that has uh, that is something I think that has really been ringing true in my mind the last few years. Yeah, that is so good. I am so glad you said that. And that's a powerful, powerful truth. Definitely a reason to ask God to really grow you in that area and yeah. to, to turn from that. Yeah. Um, one other thing I would add with this is, okay, what about a daughter who is continually speaking about whether it's comments that were made, like, oh, you're so fat, or that she says about herself? Um, how do you deal with that? I would say counseling, the rule is use questions. Yeah. So one of the questions I'll ask if somebody says something about a child and they're telling me, I say, well, is that true? <laughs> That's yeah. one of the first questions. Is yeah. it true? Well, no, it's not. Then, okay. Yeah. We, you know, then we don't have something we have to do. We just say, okay, Lord, you know, that's not truth. Help me to live in light of that, in right. light of your truth, not what's it's a, said about it's me. It's a great first question. Is it true? Mm -hmm. and, and by the way, if the answer is yes... If yeah. you're asking the question, you're not looking at a child and saying, if the, some, somebody says, I'm dumb, mm -hmm. well, is it true? Is that true? No, I'm not mm -hmm. a dumb person. Um, okay, well, then mm -hmm. what, did, what do you think they're saying by that? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's because I, I'm failing from one grade into the next. Mm -hmm. Well, God loves you, and you're, you're, you're loved by God, and we can give that positivity, but then we have to say, and you have Fs. And this mm -hmm. goes back to Proverbs. So what can we do? Yeah, my, go ahead. My, my son, my daughter— if you do not study, you will be foolish. You mm -hmm. will be dumb. Therefore, you need to work hard. 
We can't just pat them on the back and say, you're the best baseball player. Yeah. The answer is, oh, they say I'm the terrible baseball player. Well, it might be because you're a terrible baseball player. <laughs> Somebody says, well, you're fat. Now, it may be ridiculous they're not fat, but if mm -hmm. they, why is it, if they're the heavy, and this is going to yeah. be harsh to some, if they're the heaviest child in the room, and the doctor that you've taken them to have said they need to have a different diet. Mm -hmm. You at now at this point need to understand you need to not just give positivity, you need to yeah. give truth. And the truth is at this point, maybe our diet needs to change. Maybe mm -hmm. we need to be become more active as a family. What does healthy look like? What yeah. would healthy be for you? Right. How can we how can we make those adjustments? Healthy will how look, can I yeah. help you? How can I help you right. with studying? How can I help you become organized? Right. How can I help you become healthy? Right. They don't have to fit into a specific demographic, but they do need to become the best person God has made them to be. Mm -hmm. And as parents, it's our jobs to help guide them there. Yeah. So whenever somebody's dealing with their self-image, yeah. point them to Christ and then point them to what Christ would have them become. Yeah. That's so good. And that goes back to what you were talking about be before, physically about healthy, modeling. Spiritual healthy. Oh, yeah. Good because point. about modeling um, a spiritual walk, Christian life. So with our children, there are times that we've shared with them stories. You know, I remember going through something like this, and they get all excited. Children love stories. Preteens and teenagers love stories. We all love stories. So saying, you know, this kind of happened with me. I struggle with this. And look, would you have ever guessed? No, I wouldn't. Well, let me show you a picture. You know, <laughs> let me show you my report <laughs> right. card and showing them that God has changed us and what you're not alone. This isn't no temptation is taking you, but such is common to me. Other people have dealt with this. I dealt with something similar. And God's grace is enough. You know, I love that idea. In fact, before we leave the studio today, I'm going to stop by my dad's office because I happened to go across a file where he had had memories of each of the children. And I saw a couple old report cards from when I was in high school mm. with C's on them. <laughs> and that will be a great thing to show Jonathan to say, look, mm. look at what God has done and look yeah. at the advanced degrees I've been through and all of these. And yeah. it, I was struggling at this time, too. You mm. can do that as well. Not that my son is struggling with C's, but he is. OK, so, <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's go with one last question. These kids are driving me crazy. What What can I do about this? Well, another question comes in. All right, this is the one. What guidelines should I set up with social media or entertainment? Yeah, great question. You know, question. we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, that we live in, our children today are growing up in a different world and age we did then. Right. And I am not personally a proponent. Is that the right word? Proponent, yes. Okay, good. Hey. Hey. Let's put some applause in yeah, there. Yeah, I need a sticker. <laughs> okay, I am not personally a proponent of I am just going to cut out all communication they're going to have nothing. Right. <laughs> there is no. Now, I, I admit in the past I thought I might be able to do that, but I've realized that it's just nearly impossible in this world to be able to do that. Um, internet, Wi-Fi is all over the place. Even if you try to restrict with phones, then you've got TV. Even I know of someone who they had nothing, nothing of the world within there, but their daughter was a voracious reader and she got into Kindle. Right. And it began suggesting books that weren't appropriate. And she got into that, innocently enough, into some really complete garbage and had some issues with that. So I have realized over the years, again, that it goes back to God's grace because I cannot protect them for everything. But I realized that as a mother, while I may want to slowly open the process, we are not just ones to give our children smartphones at an early age. We are not ones to just open the door wide when they're younger. But we are realizing more and more that we have to begin training them, which is Proverbs, teaching them boundaries and guidelines. We want spiritual guideposts to be set up 
that when they come to something that maybe we haven't talked specifically about that thing and how to deal with it, that they've got those spiritual guideposts, those principles that they can say, this is the way I go or this is the way I go. So what kind of guidelines and and guideposts would we put into the life of our children? Well, we talk about lots of stuff. Recently, I'll share this. This is a very practical example. Um, I had run across something. It was from the book I referenced earlier. That was a chapter on media. And they listed about three questions that to ask with media. And I actually printed them into big signs and put them around our family room where the television is. And so one of them is, do I want to be like these characters? Yeah. Because there is nothing more fun than watching a villain. I right. love the villains. Right. I even tease about being, you know, the wicked queen. Right. or I'm sorry, the evil queen. Not the wicked. The evil queen the from evil Snow queen White. The evil queen from Snow White is yes. far superior of a character than the, than the wicked, wicked witch of the West. Yes. Right. The wicked witch of the West. Or the wicked queen from... Uh, uh, Maleficent. Oh yeah, she's a wicked queen. I she's think not Maleficent too, though. She's not a great character in comparison to the evil queen. Agreed. She's such a better character. Yeah, evil queen is amazing. I mean, she's got that huntsman and everything. But <laughs> I, I would, I would like to continue to talk about the evil queen, but it seems like you want to move on. <laughs> I want to circle back to where this conversation. <laughs> I apologize. Started. Villains are fun, and I have right. no problem with my children watching a story of fantasy and fiction. It makes a good story. Um, but, but do I want to be like that person? I want them to continually think, especially in today's world, because sometimes you'll get into even some children's shows, Disney Channel, and they're kind of smart alecky. They're all these things. I want them to continually be watching everything they watch with thinking through Christian principles. Is that really how life goes for that person? Yeah, yeah. Do they really? Is that really when they're snarky like that, do people really like it? Yeah. What is it like? So we have those conversations. Another one is... Um, that basically you put up is, uh, what does this say about faith? What does this say about family? Those are good questions to ask. I added a couple questions. I said, is this beneficial? And I put the verse from 1 Corinthians on there. Right. That there are things I can watch because this is something the Lord worked in my life. There are things that are totally okay for me to watch. But is that really helping me or way better for me to watch that educational thing? That yeah. thing about the animals or the history. Right. You know, there are things that we can learn on social media, there are things I could be spending my time better in. And then I also put up the question of, have I spent time with God today? Because I want them to be thinking yeah. When you talk about, about these that. these signs you've put up, mm -hmm. I want our, our audience to understand, she means physically she has put signs up in our media yeah. room, in our TV room, our family TV room, that ask these questions. And it really does. I've even sat there and I've, I've looked at those. And I mm -hmm. thought, well, do I want to watch uh, this entertaining show or do I want to yeah. watch a documentary? And at times I'm like, no, I want to watch the entertaining show. Yeah. <laughs> and so, But it's great because yeah. it does engage the mind. And it says, okay, um, these are good yeah. questions that help us. The best us. question I Some didn't good share, guidelines. I just remembered it, is, is this true? Is this promoting truth or lies? Yeah, yeah. And just thinking through those it's things. It's teaching them how to think another one of the guidelines we've had we we are very um protective when it comes to social media at the teenage level so our son for example he's 15 currently still has a flip phone um our daughters will have the same um even even when he's driving people say well man as soon as he's driving as soon as he's driving he definitely needs a smartphone i mean he won't mm -hmm. even be able to get around there are practical things i've already been thinking about as a father and that is as a 16 year old i would rather him know the city without mm -hmm. without the the crutch Yes. of Google Maps. I want him to know the city he lives in. I want him to know things apart from what needs to take place on the smartphone. So we're, we're pretty protective, but it's not simply just to protect against pornography and other things, though mm -hmm. that's a, definitely an aspect of it. 
I do think that there are a lot other pitfalls that a smartphone takes place. And I think yeah. that those are things adults are ready to battle and maybe teenagers are not. Now, we're mm -hmm. not saying if you have uh, your child a smartphone, you're an evil person. Mm -hmm. What we're saying is we've chosen not to do that. That's one of the guidelines we've set up when, in regards to social media and and other things and like we this. have girls that are coming up on the age of where they, I know they're going to be asking someday soon they haven't yet but they're going to be asking uh, for more than just kind of glancing at my Pinterest and make their own little board they're going to want to start to ask about Facebook and other things and I just recently I don't even think we've talked about this made a personal decision as a mother that we are going to hold off a few more years on that yeah. and it goes back to the last question we had because one of the things that they struggle with um, with girls in particular is self-image and it sounds silly to think um, maybe not some of us maybe some of us as grown women get this but it sounds silly to think you know it matters how many people have liked my post or how many have done this but really with teenagers that can become such a thing that is how many likes am I getting? They become obsessive with that and yeah. find their security in that. And I thought, why don't we get our foundation laid first yeah. as much as we can at this age with the scripture there and who we are There just needs to Christ. be some, some maturity yeah. physically, emotionally, spiritually. Just don't and think I, they're ready for it. And I, and, and I think we're, we need to prepare them for mm -hmm. that, and they're not quite there yet. So A great rule with phones, by the way, whether they have a smartphone or flip phone, and this is something we try to practice in our house, is that they have to, at night, they put it in a box downstairs. Yes, yeah. It will not disturb their sleep. This is not just Christian studies, but secular studies talk about the disturbance of sleep with teenagers, the temptation to be up on the phone, the temptation to go to wrong things. Maybe, all happen maybe we should time. put our phones in the, in the box Mine's in the Mine's on kitchen. Do Not Disturb, so uh, I'm good. Maybe, maybe we should do that. And it that. turns my alarm on. I like that. All right. Yeah. I, I would say lastly, and when it comes to guidelines, uh, when it sets to social media entertainment, the primary thing you've got to keep in mind mm -hmm. as we close is communication. Yes. As so long as the communication is open, as long as yeah. you, sir, are c communicating with him and her, ma'am, as you're communicating with your son and daughter, mm -hmm. that they feel like they can talk with you, that's it. If they, if you feel like the communication has ceased or is waning, build the communication first. No matter how great your home is, your family is, and how great a parent you are, mm -hmm. your son is going to see things he shouldn't see. Your daughter's going to feel yeah. things she shouldn't feel. And as long as she, he or she comes to talk with you about it, yeah. that's when you win. I'm already yes. looking forward to the first conversation when Jonathan speaks with me about the, the, the moment he came across pornography. That is a moment that I know is coming. I'm not afraid of that moment. And when that happens, it'll open great conversation. And developing the long communication relationship yes. since their early days is key for yeah. those moments to take place. Otherwise, they're going to be battling these yeah. things on their own. Here's an example. Because, parent, you have to realize this. You should even say it out loud. I will fail. Yeah. I will fail. No matter how protective you try to be. You know, we've talked about not having smartphones and all this, but we have internet in our house. And we are still working up the guidelines. And it can be dangerous and, and it's hard to protect every area. It can happen so quickly, especially yeah. as we get older and are less aware <laughs> of right. what's available. And so having those conversations where you ask questions, have you ever seen this? What would you do if you saw this? And I think it's important to state there is nothing you could ever say that would make me stop loving you or that I would be upset about. I want to know what's going on in your life. Yeah. By the way, if your child comes and says, I'm feeling this, or you know, a girl says it's don't ever say, well, that's not true, or you're not feeling that. Though they are feeling that, or that doesn't make any sense. That's just foolish thinking. Say, so, well, why do you feel that way? Yeah. Use questions. Find out what the root. Feelings are not the thing. They are evidence of a root belief, a core belief that is um, most likely incorrect. Sometimes it's an evidence of a need, fiscal rest or whatever, but sometimes it's simply an evidence of, hey, there's this root belief that is not true. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. And if you're with us, if you're a parent listening to this and you're like, hey, these kids are driving me crazy, you're not <laughs> alone. We are in the battle with you. We're right there. In fact, Heather and I, my years from now, look back, eight years from now, we'll look back and we'll listen to this and say, oh, boy, those were the days. Yeah. And I'm telling you, just stick in the battle. Keep the communication lines open. Keep researching, reading, and loving your children. You're going to see that children truly are a heritage from the Lord, yes. a blessing from God, and not a pain to get through. And I also believe that a lot of our children and younger listeners could say the same thing. My parents are driving me. These parents are driving me crazy. Not our children. <laughs> not our children. Yes. Uh, we're so glad you could join us for this episode of the thank, Bible Talks today. Thank you for listening to episode number 42. Um, look, if you'd, if you'd like to do this for us, we would be so grateful. Take this podcast and share it with a friend. I mean, text it to them or share it on social media. Put it on Facebook or Twitter or your Instagram account, whatever it is that you do. Share this with one or 100 people. Let people know about it. It'll help uh, get the word out about this great content. Now, in our next episode, we're going to be having another Bible Would You Rather. Oh, these are the favorite. After 43 episodes, everybody loves these the best, and we've only done two before. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So you're not going to want to miss it. We have brand new questions for you and your family to discuss. Remember, when the Bible talks, we'd better listen. <laughs>